I just really um, believe that, um, that we're going to see breakthroughs. <clears throat> you know, breakthroughs. Now, what does it mean to have a breakthrough? In all kinds of areas that we're going to see uh, breakthroughs. And I believe that there's going to be a greater clarity of what God wants us to do and a greater creativity for how he wants us to do it. And, and, and it's going to be exciting to me that God's, you know, as I've been praying, say, God, what do you want us to do? God just started to really speak and to, to give me like, like, wow, this is really good, you know. And, and I know I can't take credit for any of those things. I know God, and especially God the Holy Spirit, is really speaking because he wants us to move forward and, uh, and to experience breakthroughs. So I've been thinking about this, and my wife uh, sent me an email like last week with a really encouraging word from this minister from Australia. And uh, while he was praying, this guy, um, Daryl Crawford Marshall, while he was praying, he kind of sensed God speaking to him. So he kind of wrote some things down, and um, he, he wrote down that what God, he sensed God speaking and saying, that I am releasing the wind of my spirit for an accelerated start to 2015. This will be a year of unprecedented breakthrough for many people as I am leading them to race side by side. You know? And I was really excited about that because that's exactly I felt like what God was putting on my heart, that there was going to be an increase, there was going to be an acceleration of, of what God was going to be doing and breaking through uh, in our lives. And the interesting thing is he says that there's going to be breakthrough for many people as I am leading them to race side by side. So it's like we experience these breakthroughs when we gather together, you know, as we move forward together. Because we always talk about moving forward together. As we do that, then we're going to experience some breakthroughs. And I was so excited. And we'll talk about some of the things that I think God wants to break through in 2015 next week on um, Bacon Sunday. But um, again, and then about a month ago, um, Ed Silvoso, you know, Ed Silvoso came to speak here. He's the head of Harvest Evangelism. And he sent an email to a group of pastors here in Hawaii. And again, while in prayer, you know, God spoke to him that there would be a great harvest of people awaiting the children of God to go out and share the good news of Jesus with them. That he was saying to us specifically in Hawaii, it says there's going to be a great harvest of people, that there is a great harvest of people, and they're just awaiting the children of God, the church, to rise up, and the church to go out and share the good news with them. <clears throat> and he, Ed was exhorting us to make it a point to go out and make disciples and make that a high priority. And that's something we've been talking about, you know, that's something the leaders, you know, we we talk about all the time. That's what we believe God is calling us in 2015, that we really got to go out and make it a high, the highest priority to go out and make disciples, you know. And I was so excited about that, and I was talking to um, Pastor Cal Chinin from Moanalua Gardens Missionary Church, you know, that's the church that we came out of. And uh, he was saying that over the Christmas season, they had different kinds of events they had like a, a senior, a citizen, they, they ministered to a lot of senior citizens. And they had a senior citizen event, and there were like over, I forgot what, 150, 200 people there. And he said that over the different events, Christmas Eve and, you know, the Christ, all their services in the Christmas season, he said that over 100 people made decisions uh, to accept the Lord Jesus into their lives. 
I thought, okay, oh, that's incredible. You know, over a th- over hundred people in about four events that they had. And then, you know, in our Christmas, service, uh, Christmas Eve service, you know, that was the largest Christmas Eve service we ever had in this place, you know, that I, I just couldn't believe how squished um, you all were down there because I was up here. I had a lot of room, but you all were just like, it was just like that, you know, and trying to take pictures of your kids. You know, this was fun. And, um, and you know, we, we talked about um, what it meant to, to receive the Lord Jesus. And um, I know there were a bunch of people on Christmas Eve that made a decision to accept the gift of salvation from the, uh, through the Lord Jesus. And, and, and I went home, and I thought, man, it was so great. And I thought, but you know what? Never going to make that mistake again. That I needed to, 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 to really make a, a proper invitation to let people know and, and, and just affirm their decision. You know, I thought, man, never going to do that again. You know, but was so excited, you know. And then last week, again, you know, in service, um, you know, uh, as we gathered together, there are like about three more people who said, you know, we, we want to accept Jesus into our hearts. And so it's like God is saying, look, do you get it? Do you get it? That there's a great harvest of people just awaiting the children of God to go out and share with them the good news about Jesus. <clears throat> and so it's so exciting to me and it's clear to me that we're living in a very significant time in the history of our state um, and in our nation and actually for the world for that matter. And a verse that came to my mind was 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. And it says, But understand this, that in the last days there will, come, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, <clears throat> proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. And it says you've got to avoid those people. <clears throat> and I'm reading this, and I began to think, you know, could it be that we're living in the last days before Jesus returns? My mind, no question. Because what I just read that's the world we live in right now. You know, that's, <laughs> that's where we are. You know, five years ago, ten years ago, I, I don't think it was as, as hard and as difficult as it, as it is now and as, as it will continue. So I believe that we're in the last days, you know. And I believe Jesus, and I'm praying that Jesus will come back soon, but... You know, as alarming and as scary and as depressing as that sounds, like, oh, it's like difficult times and all this kind of stuff. You know, the, the, the exciting thing is God has called us to be his salt and his light in the world around us. That no matter how bad it gets, God has given us the privilege to make a difference, to make a huge difference in this world. And that's why in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, in the last days... Again, talking about today, I believe, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams, and I realize I'm old because I get a whole lot of dreams these days. I don't much get visions no more, but I get dreams. I thought, oh, there I am, old men dream dreams, that's me. 
Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below and blood, fire, and vapors of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, that great and magnificent day. And yes, there's going to be difficult times. And yes, it's tough all around us. But God says, I'm calling you to be salt and light. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to pour out my spirit. That you're going to experience power, you're going to experience God, his words, and we are going to make a difference in this world. And that's so exciting to me, you know. And then you look at the results of when God pours out his spirit. Well, what's going to happen? When, when, you know, when we see in the midst of all that's going on, and then we say, God, you know, yeah, that's us. Use us. We're salt. We're going to be light. We're going to make a difference. And Bob's going to make a difference at McKinley High School. We're going to make a difference here. What can happen when God pours out his spirit on all of us? And that's the cool thing. It's not just pastors, missionaries, all these kind of guys. It's all flesh. And the result in Acts, 20, uh, Acts 2, 21, it says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <clears throat> and in the midst of all this, when, the, when God pours out His Holy Spirit, when we begin to walk as God calls us to, it says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I believe we're going to see many, many, many people respond to God's gift of salvation. It's happening. It's beginning to happen. And I'm so, so excited. And this is, you know, as tough as it is, man, this is a great time to be alive. Um, this is such an amazing time. And next week at the vision service, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more. But what I wanted to talk about uh, this morning, what God put on my heart uh, to talk about is as we step into this new year, he just laid on my heart just a couple of things, a couple of things that, that we need to begin to get ready. All of us, we need to get ready, all right? And that's why I'm excited about the Daniel plan coming up. Because it's more than just getting all healthy and all, but it's another way we're going to prepare ourselves. You know, part of the Daniel plan is um, the Daniel fast, right? And there's a, a, you know, just where you eat a hunk of green stuff and all. It's going to be good, all right? And we're going to do that. And the reason why I'm excited about that, because whenever, you know, we say, we're going to call a church fast, everybody goes, oh, no, I don't know how to fast. You're like, oh, I'm going to starve to death. But as we go through these 40 days... And we begin to see the benefits of this. And there's even personal benefits of this. The next time we call a, a Daniel fast, we're just going to, you know, you, you're all going to say, I laugh at fast. And you just jump right in, you know, the whole church. It's amazing. Well, so I'm really excited about that. But there's a couple of things that I just wanted to share really quickly this morning. The first thing is this. We must get ourselves ready by putting first things first in our lives that we got to get ourselves ready by putting first things first in our lives. And that's why what Pastor Max shared last week was so important. And if you thought, oh, I wasn't here, you know, I didn't hear that, well, you know, bummers. No, actually, there's this thing on SoundCloud and, um, you know, Jared Lee's worship, see him after, because I'm not sure how you go there. I think you just go to SoundCloud.com and you put in Kakaka Christian Fellowship, right, Jared? And then, you know, you'll get the, the messages from previous weeks. But you got to hear that one. You know, it's too bad you couldn't see the, 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 the um, object lesson with the, the rocks and the sand and all that. 
But it's really important what he talked about was putting these big rocks in place in our lives. And like they're foundations in our lives. Before you add all the sand and the other stuff, you got to add the big things. And he talked about those four things. And he says... He said that in Matthew 6.33, you got to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. you got to put those things in first. Those are the big rocks, and all these things will be added to you. you know? And he said that there are four things. And he said, you gotta, one is you got to set prayer as a foundation in your life. you got to make it a habit. You know, we passed out the Lord's Prayer last week. Hey, when you're driving to work, pray through the Lord's Prayer. Just pray through that. But just make prayer something you do every day because prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things. God will speak to you when you pray. Pray. You think like, no, I don't know. No, God will speak to you. I'm going to call my son up, John, and he's going to share a quick testimony of how important it is to pray. I mean, is it a matter of life and death? I might be sometimes. So, John, why don't you share real quick? All right. So, I have a friend who I've been praying for for the past uh, two years or so. I just kind of pray for her that... She would just get to know God more and that she would just be able to, you know, just start to listen to him more. She's a Christian, but she doesn't really spend a lot of time with God. So I always pray that, you know, God, would, would you just bless her relationship with you? Would you grow her relationship with you? And I've just really been praying for that for the past two years. And like October or something, she, uh, I was praying for her and I felt like God say, hey, you know what? Share with her to read Psalm 119. I was like, that's totally random. Sure. Whatever. So then I texted her. I was like, hey, you know what? You should try to read Psalm 119. I think it'd be really good. You know, I normally try to throw in little Bible things when I talk with her, and she's just like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Okay, cool, cool, cool. The next day, she texts me, and she's like, hey, John, you know that verse you told me to read, yeah? I was like, oh, yeah, Psalm 119. She's like, the craziest thing happened today. So what happened was she went to this coffee shop, and there was this lady there, and she saw the lady left her phone. So, of course, she went, picked it up, Dropped it off at the counter. Lady comes back, finds out she's the one who returned the phone. So she goes to see her. She's like, oh, thank you so much for returning my phone. Da, 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 da. And she starts talking and she says, hey, are you a Christian? And they start talking about the Holy Spirit. And apparently that lady was a missionary to Korea to uh, talk about like the Holy Spirit and whatnot. So then she said, hey, you know what? I feel like God's telling me to tell you this. Are you going on a trip recently? My friend was planning to go to like Southeast Asia or something like that, kind of travel around for a year or a few months. And she's like, oh yeah, I'm going. And she said, you know what? I feel like God's telling me to tell you not to go or to be very considerate about going. I see your mom and your family are not having a very, or are not at peace about this. And she texted me and she told me, oh yeah, you know, she'd been telling me that she's having some trouble with her parents. Her parents don't really want her to go. But then after that, she was just like, you know what, pray about it. They're talking about the Holy Spirit. And then she's like, whoa, man, this lady totally knows me. And at the end of it, she's like, you know what you should do? You should go home and read Psalm 119. It's a very good passage. And she's like, whoa, Psalm 119, that's kind of crazy. So then she goes home, texts me about it. The next day, I get another text. John, my mom, her mom works at a Christian school, and she, they share in chapel. And they're like, oh, I feel like God... And she was like, oh, you know what I shared in chapter today? It's this really long passage in the Bible. It's Psalm 119. And my friend is just, her mind is blown at this point. She's like, okay, there's something crazy going on here. So she starts talking to me. And she's like, oh, you know, the lady said not to go on the trip. What do you think? I said, you know what? You got to pray about it. Really consider it. Pray about it. If you feel God's telling you to go, go, no worries. But if you feel God's telling you to kind of hold back, you know what? If you don't feel good about it, stay. And at this point, all the tickets had been bought. Everything was booked for like six months to a year. 
And she said, all right, you know what? I'll pray about it. Next few days, we were praying, 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 and she said, you know what? I feel like I'm not going to go. I feel like God's saying not to go, so I'm going to just cancel my trip. I was like, all right, sounds good. You know what? God is totally going to bless you during this time. You know, if you listen to him, you step out in faith, he's totally going to bless you for it. And then, like, a couple months passed, and she was just, she was telling me, you know what? I feel so bummed that I didn't go on the trip. Like, I feel like, I thought God was going to do something crazy, but it just, same old, same old. She's spending more time with God, growing in a relationship, but at the same time, she's like, I expected something bigger because I could have gone on this trip. But, you know, it was just whatever. And then um, last week, she texted me. She was like, hey, John, you know that plane that crashed, yeah? I was like, oh, yeah, the one from Indonesia. And she texted me. She said, you know what? That was supposed to be my flight. She was supposed to be on that flight. She was like, yeah, I heard it went down. I was like, hey, that's one of the places I was going to visit. So she checked her flight, and apparently it was like the same, t- the same flight or whatever. And sh- she was just like, man, this stuff is crazy. She was just absolutely, totally blown away that like, holy cow, God literally like saved my life for, you know, for God knows why. <laughs> but he totally, yeah, it was just him speaking to her, and she just listened. She stepped out, and it was just absolutely crazy. And I was just like totally blown away when I heard that's that. crazy, yeah? Yeah, so you know, what is that... What does that teach you? Before you go on a trip, trip ask John if you should go or not. You know, just <clears throat> no. But you see, but but we think like, wow. But you know, but that's what God wants to do. How do we get that when we pray? So make prayer a foundation. The other thing is is set the Bible as a foundation in your life. What Pastor Max was talking about. You know, there's daily walks out there. Just any kind of like regular Bible reading program, do that. The main thing, get into your Bible every day and let the Bible get into you every day. But set the Bible as a foundation. The third thing was fellowship, you know, getting together and staying connected. Make that a priority and make that a foundation in your life. You pray every day, you get into your word, let the word get into you every day. But also make it a, make it a priority to, to gather together. So that's why Sunday mornings are so important. And just make that a priority. And you just come and we get together. Stay connected. Stay in fellowship. Small groups, we're going to talk about small groups next week. Get into a small group. You know, because here, you know, we can only do so much in a small group. You know, pray for each other. You know, share life. Do life together. It's so important to, to put that big rock of fellowship in your life. And then the last thing was setting evangelism as a foundation in your life. You know, make sharing God's love with people and make prayer evangelism a regular part of your life. And again, you know, what is prayer evangelism? It's going out and just blessing people, just praying blessings on people at work, at home, neighborhood, whatever. Just pray blessing. The next thing you do in prayer evangelism is what? You build relationships with people. The people at work, around your neighborhood, wherever it is, you build relationships. As you build relationships, as you're praying blessing, what happens? You know, you get to know them, and you know, there's needs that come up. And then you ask the Lord, Lord, will you, will you meet these needs? If you can do it supernaturally, do it supernaturally. If you want to do it through me, do it through me. And you open yourself and say, God, you, know, you want to use me to meet that need? I'm going to meet that need. And then after that, when, 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 when they see... God's faithfulness in their life. They're like, oh, wow, God answered prayer. Then you pronounce and you proclaim the gospel. You say, you know what? That's how much God loves you. It's like John's friend. It's like, you know, that's how much God loves you. 
you know, that he protected you. And you go and you share the good news about Jesus. See, that's prayer evangelism. Make that. Make those, you're doing some of those things every day. But put that into your life. And if you would begin to do these four things, it's going to make a huge difference in your life and the lives of the people around you. You know, it really will. And you're going to be taking a great big step in getting yourself ready for all that God wants to uh, do in you and all the breakthroughs that he wants to do in your life. So make sure, get yourself ready by putting in and putting first things first and putting in those big rocks. The second thing is we must get ourselves ready by trusting God beyond what we trust him today. That we got to trust God more and beyond what we are trusting God and how much we are trusting God today. we got to grow in our faith. We've got to trust Him more. You see, it's so easy, it's too easy to settle for being just religious and missing out on so much of what God wants for us. Now, what do I mean by being religious? See, I, I see being religious as wanting the best of both worlds. You know, that's what I see religion and religious, being religious as. That we want God, we really want God, we want more of God, but we want what we want as well. That we love God, we like to worship Him, we want to serve Him, but we also want to keep doing what we want to do too. You see? Some people will say having your cake and eating it too. It's like to have, trying, to, trying to get the best of both worlds. And unfortunately, when we try to do that, when we say, God, 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 you know what? I want you, but I want what I want too. And and, and they have, there's a conflict that goes on in our heart. You know, unfortunately, what often happens, what usually happens, what probably happens, all, what always happens is, is God's there, but He is just a part of our life. You know, He's just a part of our lives, and He is not the center of our lives. He's just a part of our lives. Like, oh, I, I, I play golf. You know, I, I go to work. You know, I, I, I like to watch Walking Dead, whatever. And I, I, and I, and I have God. I, I, go to, I, have, I have my dose of God on Sundays. And He becomes a part of our lives. And what happens when we do that? We just experience a mere shadow of what God wants. That man, we say, wow, we want the breakthroughs. We want the breakthroughs. And God says, well, will you just trust me? He says, Ugh. You see, and it's hard. And that was the struggle of a young man in the Scriptures who was very successful by the world's standards, and, 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 and he had a real heart for God, that, that he was wealthy. In the eyes of the world, you know, he was a good man. He was a model of success. And not only that, he had a strong interest in the things of God. He wanted more of God. Uh, he, you know, he wanted to experience the things of God. You know, he came around. He was willing to hear. He was eager to learn. He would be a welcomed person in most every church today because he was a good man. And this good man came to this defining moment in his life when he was there before Jesus, you see, that he so was so much wanted, more of God, that he pursued Jesus. And in, verse, in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, we read this. And as this young man was setting out on his journey, I mean, when God, Jesus was setting on his journey, this young man that we're talking about ran up. See, he sees Jesus, 
And he runs, he pursues Jesus, and he kneels down before him. See, he, he was humbling, he says, you know, Jesus, I, I really need something. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He really wanted to know. He really wanted eternal life. And so this successful young man takes the initiative, he runs up, he recognizes Jesus for who he really was, humbles himself, and says, what do I need to do? Verse 18, Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And Jesus reminds this young man of the Ten Commandments, how important it is that in order to be good, you you obey these commands, commandments, right? And to which the young successful guy in verse 20 says, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. See, this, this young man, this successful young man, was a good man. You know, he, he says, you know, I've kept all these commandments. You know, how many of us can say what he just declared? I can't, you know. But he says, you know, I've, I've kept them all. And he's not trying to trick Jesus because he knows who Jesus is. He says, I kept them all. Verse 21, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, he wasn't scolding him in a bad way. He loved this young man. You know? And he says, you lack one thing. Yeah, you've kept, you're a good man. You've done all these great things. You've kept my commandments. One thing, just one, one more thing. One thing you lack. Go sell all you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come, follow me. And Jesus, what he does, he just drops the bomb, right? Boom. You know, he, he, he tells, he lovingly tells this young man that, you know, what you did was great. But I got one more thing. Are you willing, are you willing to let go of what you want? Are you willing to let go of what you have? Are you willing to let go of what you're striving for? And you just let that go and, and begin following me, you know? And he's saying, Look, I know you got a lot. But if you sell everything you got, I'm going to give you something more. I'm going to give you treasures in heaven. I'm going to give you something great. If you just would sell all that, and all I'm asking is just come follow me. At that point, things change, right? Because I can keep the commandments on my own. I can hang on to what I want, I guess, and try to do the God thing. But now Jesus is saying, okay, something really different. Are you willing to let go of all that and, and do something a little bit harder which you got to follow me? See? And this young man was faced with this very difficult decision. Do I trust God? Do I leave my desires, my stuff, my security, all that I have in life, all, that, all the things I want in my life. Can I trust God? Do I trust God? <clears throat> and leave all that and follow Him. What did He decide? Right? Some of you know. A lot of you know. Verse 22. Disheartened by the saying, He went away sorrowful, for He had great possessions. 
<clears throat> and the young man, <clears throat> this successful, good young man, just couldn't do it. He couldn't give up what he wanted. He couldn't give up his desires, his stuff, his security, <clears throat> and go and follow Jesus. That he was willing to learn. He was willing to keep the commandments. He was willing to, 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 to be good. And there was a desire in his heart because he ran after Jesus. But it, was, but it was too hard to let go of the things of his world. It was just too hard. And if we were really honest, isn't that the challenge for most of us? I mean, isn't that it? Like, we truly believe that God is God, right? Most all of us here, we truly believe God is God. We believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And, and we really want what he's offering. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, you know? And we want the kind of life that he is giving us and he's instructing us to live. That we want to be a blessing in the world. We want to experience what John just shared about. <clears throat> shared about. We want all that. We want all that. But, but, but we love ourselves more. You know, we love ourselves more. We want what we want. We want what we want. And isn't that the battle? And that's why for so many, it's so much easier to be religious. To try to balance and get the best of both worlds. I want God, but I want mine too. You know? And when we settle for that, the problem is we're still in control. And God really isn't, and Jesus really isn't, isn't our Lord, is he? Yeah? He's almost like our genie. Oh, God, I want this. Because it's hard to let go. And we ask ourselves, why, why can't we have both? Why can't we have both? You know, why, why do we have to choose? Why does it have to be either or? You know? And we settle for being religious, and we add some religious activity in our lives, and we hope that'll make God happy, and, and we just try to live having the best of both worlds. But the truth is, <clears throat> the truth is, you can have both. That you actually can have both. That the way we <clears throat> get both requires much faith that it requires us to let go of everything and to grab hold of Jesus. See, that's what Jesus was telling the young man. He wasn't saying, I want you to be miserable for the rest of your life. No, but he had to let go first. See, And that's the hardest thing, that God wants us to let go. That is what he is saying, that it wasn't, that the man, that young man couldn't, it was more that he wouldn't. And it's like us. We want both, but we can have both. But we get both according to God's instructions and his ways and not ours. See, and that's the rub. We want to do it our way. And God says, you can have both, but you got to do it my way. And what does that look like? What Pastor Max talked about last week. You seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then what? 
all these things will be added to you. You see? You, you, you let go. And you put your faith and your trust. And you seek God first and foremost, His kingdom and His righteousness. And Jesus says, you get the rest. In Mark 8, 35, For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You see, when we try to hang on to our stuff, we lose it all anyway. But, but God is saying, you can have both. But you got you to gotta let go. And you got to lose your life and your wants and your desires, just your stuff. You lose that. Guess what? You lose it for me and the gospel's sake. What will happen? You get it. You save your life. And in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, what? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You heard what Jesus said? Ask whatever you wish. See, and we hear that part. We love that part. But Jesus said what? If, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask. See, when we trust God beyond what we do today, we experience God's presence and His power beyond what we do today. And it starts with us making a decision. See, that, yeah, I got to get myself ready. That I got to put, I got to seek you first. I got to let go. It's time to stop being religious. I can't... Try to balance both. You know, I can't have the best of both worlds doing it my way. I got to do what God wants. Man, God's calling us to experience these incredible breakthroughs this year and beyond. Break- breakthroughs in seeing people make decisions to trust the Lord. Breakthroughs in seeing our city transform. And breakthroughs in your own life. That God wants to bring breakthroughs in your own life. You're struggling with anger, God wants to break through that. You're struggling with some kind of addiction, God wants to break through that. You're just sad all the time, God wants to break through that. This is a year of breakthroughs. But we got to get ourselves ready, and it starts with a decision. Are we going to go after the best of both worlds and try to fit God into our lives? Or are we going to put God first in everything in our lives? That's the choice. And God's not going to twist your arm. He's just saying, here it is. Here it is. Like he explained to the young man. Come follow me, man. It'd be great. But it's his choice. And that's our choice. But here's what I can promise you. Our church, this church, is called to help you walk in your decision to follow Jesus no matter what. That's what we're here to do. And that's what this year is going to be all about. And we've planned out this whole year so that we can help you walk in a decision to put God first. And I promise you this. If you would make that decision this year, by the end of this year, you will grow. You will grow in your relationship with the Lord. You will experience breakthroughs. You will see something great. But it's up to you to make that decision. See, I believe God's going to speak powerfully to us, you know, as we walk into this new year. Next week, I believe God's going to speak powerfully. I believe God's going to 
be sharing things with all of us, and it's going to resonate in your heart. And you're going to want to take that step, and I'm going to say, take that step. You know? It's time for us to leave religion behind. You know? And trying to fit God in. It really is. God wants, wants you and I to experience so much more than that. So much more. And we do that how? We do that as we race side by side. As we walk together. That is what God is calling us to. That's how amazing this year is going to be. It can be a great year where you grow. I'm going to call up the worship team. And we're going to celebrate communion. And I can't think of a better time to celebrate communion than now. You see, communion is a time in where we remember who Jesus is and what he's done for us. It's a time to remember who Jesus is in your life. Is he your Lord? Or is he just a part of your life? And today, today as you celebrate communion, let's make a decision to put him first. Are you going to be perfect? No. But at least we can make that choice. And we slip up. God understands. But let's make that choice, you see. To seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Let's choose to let go of our lies, our wants, our desires, our grab hold of Jesus. Let's choose to trust Him and abide in His word and His instructions to us. And so as you walk forward, and you, to get that piece of bread, and to get that cup, that bread representing his body that was broken for us, that cup representing his blood. And what he's saying is if you would make a decision to fully trust him, to seek for his kingdom and his righteousness, he's going to be with you. How do we know that? Right here. He died for us. He died for you. That's his promise. And so as you walk up and get the cup and you get that piece of bread, let that be and say, God, you know what? I'm going to choose to seek first your kingdom. And as you walk, let those be prophetic steps. Say, I'm, I'm walking, God. You first. Before anything else, you first. And let's see what God's going to do this year. All right? Let's see. So let's pray. And uh, why don't you stand with me and let's pray. And then we'll celebrate communion. Father, thank you that you love us so much, that you're not telling us to come and follow you because you're mean. It's because you want the very best for us. Man, you love us so much. You know that there's so much that you want us to experience. And that is why, Father, and I pray today we would make that decision, we would take those steps, and we thank you for sending your Son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.